Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You know I'm right. Episode 41, the Tom Seaver episode. Right here in the zone. Nick Durst here, of course, joined by Joe Calabrese. And Joe, what do you know? It's time once again for another WWE pay-per-view. And this is, I think, the last one that's going to be in the Thunderdome. Night of Champions with all the championships on the line. It's a gold rush. Yes, it is. Clash of Champions, gold rush. Every single title is going to be on the line. Uh, from what I'm seeing, we got nine matches to go through, which is very, very interesting. Uh, they they have found a way to get every champion on the card. Kudos to them. And we shall see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, give me a starting point. You know, we'll go match by match, uh, give a couple thoughts, and give some predictions. So, yeah, we haven't done this uh, in about a month in SummerSlam, so let's get to it. Yeah, I think first we got to start off with uh, the unannounced match, which is going to be the... 24-7 championship. So, do you think <laughs> R-Truth loses the title? And does he perhaps regain the title? How do you see that playing out? And who, who would beat him this time for the title? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, who would a candidate be to, to have the the brief 24-7, you know, 36, whatever, you know, European I-95, all that great stuff. Um, yeah, I... Off the top of my head, I can't really give you a name. I mean, obviously, he's been fighting Akira Tozawa and the Ninjas for as long as we can remember. And there are other candidates who they could very easily maybe decide to briefly get a 24-7 run. But uh, for for purposes of, of the pay-per-view, you might have a segment or two. But I think R-Truth figures out a way to, to weasel out of whatever scenarios come his way on on Sunday and retains his championship. Uh, obviously, our truth is always basically involved in one of the funniest and best segments of the night. So, whatever it is, it'll humor me. It'll be good, uh, and they'll probably figure out a way to get truth onto the pay per view. Maybe uh, what is it? Is it who is it? Is it Eric or Iva that's hurt? Maybe the other the other one gets involved in a comedy angle with the uh, yeah, the that's stuff. very possible. Yeah, it's something that that they would do. Yeah, I was I was trying to think maybe uh, maybe even somebody like Cedric Alexander, right? You know, as part of the the hurt business now, uh, they're expanding, uh, and obviously with the expansion has come uh, a United States Championship reign for for Bobby Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin has already held the twenty four seven title for a brief period of time uh, together while they were as a group. So, to me, it would make sense to at least put some thought into giving Cedric the title, and he could actually have some matches in the ring. Well, uh, I think I think Dabakato should be the champ after getting knocked out by Braun Strowman and we're on the ground. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Hurt Business, they're a little tied up, Joe, with Retribution. You got T-Bar, who's the leader, for now anyway, which is Dominic Dajakovic. 
You had Slapjack, who is Slapjack. Shane, Shane Thorne. And you got Mace, who's Dio Madden. Remember, he got F5 off the Raw announce table. Uh, so that's seems like the main three guys, at least from this week's Raw. Uh, however, WWE probably has no idea who's actually going to be in this group, other than Madden and Dijakovic, who you've seen every single week. You saw Mojo Riley, uh, Raleigh the last few weeks, but he was not there at all. And then you got to wonder, is The Miz going to end up leaving this group? But he's kind of in a, a storyline for the Money in the Bank briefcase with Otis right now. Yes, he is. Uh, I'm very curious to see where, where that and ultimately ends up going because it seems like the the Mandy and Otis plans were something that basically slipped off their radar. So Mandy beat Sonya Deville at SummerSlam, and then she was off TV for a couple of weeks, reportedly because they didn't have too much to do for her, which is odd to me considering that you know she was – ascending her they were both ascending their way up to the card i mean like the girls had a a really really good feud and and a really solid match at SummerSlam, and a lot of people cared about what they were doing and then mandy rose inexplicably moved to raw which is i mean in a vacuum it's not a terrible decision considering that raw is weaker uh when it comes to to female talent as opposed to smackdown so you'd imagine that she's got more opportunities there but again just the the inexplicable and abrupt swift of of, uh, a split of both of them Definitely kind of has you, the gears turning a little bit. But, I mean, Miz is involved in the storyline to get the Money in the Bank briefcase. And, and honestly, um, of all the, the guys on SmackDown, he's probably one or two of the, the, the guys there who would probably benefit the most from it. But we'll see what happens. Maybe he fails to get the briefcase and, and decides to you play the retribution card, and then he ends up winning the briefcase. Uh, that's something I could see happening. But again, you know, it's very cryptic, his involvement with all the retribution segments. We don't really entirely know anything for sure. Uh, I sincerely believe uh, as solid as the base is, you know, obviously we both like Dijakovic, you know, very high on him. He had great matches with Keith Lee. And you mentioned the other two. And then the the two females in the group right now uh, look to be Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, right? So it's, it's a solid next call up of people from NXT but the truth of the matter is I still think they need a leader and I've, I've been saying this for, for weeks since they debuted and it's gotten to the point now where now they're appearing on TV and they're starting to get their butts kicked a little bit which is not good uh, a lot of people aren't going to be taking them seriously I think at least with somebody who's popular on the main roster and somebody who's already a good heel like The Miz uh, and somebody who's had like segments involving them that would really be, I think, uh, a, a jolt for them, something that they need. Because, again, I think the, the the whole leadership factor and getting the the, the group to, to be able to do that person's bidding makes a lot more sense than just, like, randomly showing up. They cause chaos, right? It, were, it was cute for a couple of weeks. It was intriguing. But then over the last couple of weeks, they haven't really been involved in anything. They just kind of show up here and there. They showed up for the first segment on SmackDown with The Fiend and Braun Strowman. Then they came back to Raw, and they've been staying on Raw. So nobody knows if they're on Raw, if they're on SmackDown or not. Uh, just give them a leader. Uh, every other talent in the group is pretty solid, but they're not going to work unless they had that extra kick to them. So that's just my opinion. You know, you know who you know who could probably take out Retribution. It would be Big Jordan Amogbihin. He is the security guard for Underground. That guy is yes. tremendous. He makes he is tremendous. Strowman look like a midget. Yeah, it's crazy. 
I uh, I do think that they have some plans for him, and I think the reason why they had him with Braun and uh, Raw Underground was to just kind of expose him a little bit, very very slowly. Uh, it seems like they're super high on him, and and I agree with you. I, I he would be excellent to to use here too, or excellent to. Yeah, like why does a retribution come into Raw Underground? Like, wouldn't that be perfect setting? Yeah, I agree. Maybe they're keeping. Maybe they're definitely. They have a plan to keep them away. Uh, maybe they want Raw Underground to be something entirely separate, and they don't want any of like the extra Raw or, or SmackDown storylines coming into it. I mean, because you saw Braun, he 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 came to Raw right to do it. And there was no mention of anything that he did on SmackDown. There were no mentions of any kind. It just seems like a place you go to where you, like, you free yourself from everything else that's going on in WWE. And it gives you kind of a different platform to, to fight in a different way. That seems like what they're trying to accomplish to me anyway. So, uh, But you're, you're right. Uh, Retribution on Raw Underground just kind of like popping in, you know, peeding people and then leaving kind of like what the Hurt Business did. I think it would go a long way for them to, to show that they're a, a really strong group. Uh, that would actually be a really good idea. So, obviously, I, like- I mean, obviously this is all heading towards a Survivor Series match. Um, right. You know, what I would do, and this would get the virtual fans out of their seats, is, um, you know, they're looking, WWE team is looking for a fifth guy. They got their guy. Before the match, they take that guy out, and they need a replacement. They think they're down. And all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar comes out and wins it for WWE. Could you imagine? <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. I actually do like that idea. Lesnar face it's interesting. Turn. Yeah, when Brock comes back, uh, I know we kind of went off on a tangent here a little bit. We got to get back to, to Clash of Champions. But when Brock comes back, I don't know if he's going to come back with Heyman or not. You know, I don't know if Heyman has. They're going to do Lesnar versus. They're going to do Lesnar versus Reigns. Yeah, it's something that I think is possible to do again. I don't think it would happen at, like, WrestleMania or, like, a big event. But it's something that I could see them doing at, like, uh, like a second-tier pay-per-view. Maybe, like, uh, maybe a TLC or something. Or maybe, like, on the, like, Fastlane or something. Uh, just to, to, to maybe sell the pay-per-view a little bit more. Uh, who knows? It's possible. I don't know if they're going to go to it again. I mean, they, they already had two WrestleMania matches, and... And the third one only really gets reserved for those those big names. I and think right now and the favorite for the Royal Rumble should be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of guys I think have the opportunity to do it. I think Lesnar, uh, obviously Keith Lee and, and Biggie are two names that I, I think are definitely Lesnar should Lesnar should join the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> the Robert Stone brand. Uh, I, I I mean they're on NXT right still so yeah well Chelsea Green left him and then she hasn't been on TV since so poor decision by her very uh, poor decision <laughs> but let's look at the the card here Asuka is taking on Zelina Vega that's going to be an easy one Asuka's winning that match you agree let's move on to the next match which is also an easy one <laughs> and it's uh Nakamura and Cesaro taking on the Lucha House Party. House Party is looking like they're going to break up. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nakamura and Cesaro here. And what do you what do you think is going to happen in that match without going into too much detail? Yeah, I think Lucha House Party is getting ready to break up too. I think what they're going to do is probably have two of Kalisto, Graham Metalik, and Lindsay Dorado move to Raw. 
And I think they'll move a, a couple of guys over from Raw or NXT to SmackDown to kind of fill that like that void. And so from what I gathered a couple of weeks ago, uh, we know that Edge and, and Brian and some of the vets have been kind of working in a backstage capacity in terms of creative and, and, and all storylines and that. And apparently Brian was super high on Grand Metalik. And that was one of the reasons why they had that Intercontinental Championship match with AJ Styles on SmackDown about two months ago or so, which was actually really good. So I, they, they value those guys as individual pieces. And the truth of the matter is when you're a team like they have or you kind of been like grouped together for I, I think it's about two years now. I could be more wrong. It could be more. It could be closer to three or so. But when you when you're together for that long, there's only so much you can do as a group. And and here and this is this is basically it for them. It's either you win the titles here, and if you don't win the titles here, then nobody's. I mean, no, I don't think anybody takes them super serious to begin with. But I think that again, push comes to shove. This is how many times have they had a SmackDown Tag Team Championship opportunity, and they they haven't worked right. So. This is it for them, uh, but I agree with you. I think Cesaro and Shinsuke are getting that that really, really big push, and uh, I think what they're doing with them is similar to what they were doing with Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Page in, in All Elite, where they took two guys who were fantastic in the ring, uh, guys who many people should who believe should be somewhat closer to the world title picture in their own ways, and they put them together in a tag team, and they said, "Listen, you guys are amazing wrestlers. Go out and wrestle, you know, some of the best amazing tag matches, you know, in the world right now." So I think that's what we're seeing with Cesaro and Shinsuke. I think they work together as a tag team, and I and I thought they worked together with Sami Zayn as a group really well as a trio. So yeah, I agree. They're my pick. I think Lucha House Party is getting ready to split up. I think one might go. I can see Callisto going back to NXT too. Uh, I could see Lince Dorado moving to Raw and kind of just. Being like the singles lucha guy they pushed there, and I can see Grand Metal League staying on SmackDown. Now, speaking of all the wrestling, I wonder if uh, Chris Jericho is going to show up to Mike Tyson's boxing match because that's an unresolved rivalry right there. That is an unresolved rivalry. They had that one really wild, super surprised uh, segment to, to end one of those episodes of Dynamite, which I thought was really solid. Uh, and then and Jericho pulled out the baddest man on the planet the next week, and out came Orange Cassidy. Yeah, just weird. Um, Orange Cassidy's Cass- music with, with the best friends' music is a lot better. It suited him better, but what are you gonna do? I mean, there's a so, lot. Keith Lee changes music too now on the main roster. <laughs> so I, I wanted to briefly mention this before we go back to Clash. Uh, so AEW got hit with COVID this week, which included Lance Archer, who. Uh, was he's, he's scheduled right now? I, I think he he was in line to to go after the AEW World Title with John Moxley and and basically because of the the COVID hit, which involves multiple talent who worked a show, I believe earlier this month, so early September. Everybody from that show, including people who worked and and wrestled on AEW uh, After Dark have tested positive. I don't believe all the names have specifically been announced, but it it, it is a, a, a the reportedly true. So Archer came out yesterday and, and announced that he has COVID, which w- was a bummer. So they changed that match, and they changed the, the Moxley match to the, that was the main event yesterday to Eddie Kingston. So, yeah, I mean, 
considering how people have knocked WWE for kind of having a little laxy daisy policy in place, AEW has had a really super strict uh, policy regarding COVID. And look at what happened here. So the truth of the matter is, like, you just can't pre- predict this stuff. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where you could do every single precautionary thing imaginable, and you may unfortunately still be one of those people who contract the virus. And again, we know it, it, it travels through the surface through the air, and maybe they, they touch the surface. That was a popular surface that, that other talent was touching when it happened. But again, you know, AEW has all these protocols in place. A lot of these places have these protocols in place. To me, it seems like there's inconsistency. You don't know uh, what policies and what protocols are contributing to less of a spread and more of a spread. So, But again, hopefully everybody gets better soon and, and they, they come back from that. Certainly, when I'm ready to be healthy and hopefully we can see some more shows with fans in attendance because it makes a huge difference. All right, this match... We've seen it like 800 times already. The Street Profits first Andrade <laughs> and Angel Garza. You would think eventually Garza and Andrade got to win this, but <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're going to go with the Street Profits again this time. I picked, I picked Andrade and Garza the last two times and they lost, so I'm going to pick the Street Profits. Yeah, it's weird considering how many times they fought. Uh, if I would have known that, I would have seen this match a lot of times, and, and this match is always good. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's it, it's entertaining. It is what it is. Uh I like the Street Profits. I like Angel Garza. Uh, I like watching Andrade in the ring. I think he's great. But I think character-wise, just because he doesn't speak uh, concrete English, I think that really holds him back. That said, uh, I would have liked to have seen Andrade and Angel Garza hold the title for a brief period of time. Uh, It seems like they might be giving the Street Profits one of those super really long, raw tag team title reigns. So I'm going to go with the Street Profits here to retain. And I do think that either Andrade or Angel Garza are going to move to SmackDown. And to me, I believe it's going to be Angel Garza because of the comparisons to Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero uh, was obviously on SmackDown. That was his show in, in his prime. What about uh, Demi? What about Charlie Caruso? <laughs> Charlie Caruso to SmackDown would be interesting considering that there's definitely going to be a void without Renee Young. So. Yeah, but you know what? Renee hasn't been on SmackDown in like three years, ever since uh, the, the Fox show came about. So you, haven't, you didn't yeah. see her on SmackDown. I still think she's synonymous with the whole extra like talking smack stuff and mm-hmm. all the extra stuff that they do. So I think Charlie's going to SmackDown with, with Angel Garza. That would be, I would get a kick yeah, out of that. Do you that think it's a little weird that ironic. currently right now there is not one Backstage male interviewer. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I that's a I I haven't really thought about that, but it's Mike Rome's doing ring announcing. Yeah, the Uh, last Tom Phillips does play by play. Right. Before that, of course, you had the coach Michael Cole dating back. So they always used to have somebody who I think it gives a interesting dynamic between some of the wrestlers they could joke around a little more um, yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of over everybody calling purposes. charlie chuck like i don't really it doesn't make me chuckle at all yeah at the beginning i thought it was okay but then when you when you hear it as as many times as as he says it then i don't know if it was it was funny or not but at the beginning like the, i thought it i remember was. when i used to call mike like jericho and kevin Owens used to call mike rome Tom Phillips all the time. And that was funny because they, they resemble each other. 
Right, because they do resemble. And I used to call Tom Mike Rome, so that was good stuff. All right, now this is this this will be the match uh, of the night, the Intercontinental Championship match. You got Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. It's a winner take all. I'm guessing both titles will be on the line. This is going to be the match of the night in Disputer. This is going to be a really great match. Uh, yeah. And I'm very glad that they added the ladder match stipulation because I thought that they were going to just do a simple triple threat match was going to be good. But I think the ladder match in context here actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Hardy is synonymous with the ladder match. I actually think he's going to win here. I think so, he too. Doesn't, I, uh, he never wins those big ladder matches. And I think he's – so they've done a really nice job, I think, Uh Obviously, SmackDown's been the A show for about three or four months now, right? You know, it's indisputably the Miz is being buried with because he's he's down the card with sophomore. I mean, he's Morrison. about to get the briefcase again. Uh, I don't know. No, SmackDown. SmackDown has been indisputably, I think, the A show for the past couple of months. I think it's a great show now. Uh, the infusion of Reigns, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, was much needed. But I think the the redemption story that they've done with Jeff Hardy, uh, starting with with Sheamus and now obviously continuing on to winning the Intercontinental title from AJ Styles and then having this feud with both AJ Styles and a returning Sami Zayn, uh, I think it's great. I think if Jeff gets the win here on Sunday, I think his run in 2020 will ultimately be reviewed back on as a, a huge success. Uh, so he just re-signed with the company, right? Which is always intriguing considering that his brother works for the rival, right? He went to AEW and, and Jeff made a smart decision, I think, because I think he would have been booked well in AEW, but he's a much, much bigger star in WWE. And now that he doesn't have his brother with him, obviously they're pushing him like a, like the single star, like they always used to do, right? Uh, on 2008 and 2009, Jeff Hardy was, was huge on SmackDown. He was one of the best merchandise sales sellers in all of the companies. So we know that when Jeff gets pushed and we know when they have a story ready to go for Jeff, he always delivers, even though he's not really like the best guy in the mic or anything like that. Uh, his stories are always emotionally driven. They're always true to real life. And a lot of people are always just super into it. So this Intercontinental title feud, I've been really, really super into. Uh, I love all the work that all three guys have put in. I think all every guy has done a great job. And Jeff never gets the big win in ladder matches. And considering the direction that they're going in, it seems like he's going to get that big win here. So we both agree on this. I think Jeff will win. I think AJ should win. And I want Sami Zayn to win. So that's that's how I'm, that's how I'm coming out of this match. Because AJ is the best of three of them. Um, no doubt no, about I agree. It. Sami Zayn. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. 
Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. Dane, I think his character is the best, but I think he's, he's being punished for um, obviously going home for COVID-19. So that, they're not going to let him win. Uh, he's going to lose yeah, no, this I, match I agree with that. be out of the picture. All right. All right. Now, the United States Championship match. You got Bobby Lashley versus Paul Cruz. Might be a pretty decent match, but Lashley's going to win. He just beat Paul Cruz. Do you, do you beg to differ, Jim? No, I agree. Uh, I think – so, Raw was kind of ad this week. It wasn't really great. But I think one of the consistent bright spots for Monday Night Raw the past two or three weeks has been the Hurt Business. Uh, at the beginning, they were kind of rough around the, re- the edges. A lot of people didn't know what they were really going to be. Now, I think over the – those, the, I think since they appeared in Raw Underground over the course of the last month, they've really, really gone to the next level as a group. And I think Cedric Alexander as a high flyer was a great addition. I like Bobby Lashley. I like him with, with Shelton together, and I like Cedric. Uh, we differ on MVP a little bit. I think he's fine as a veteran mouthpiece. I think he's been, considering his role, I think he's done a real solid job. Uh, yeah, so I think they the her business has been great. Uh, I think they've done a really good job rebuilding what Apollo Crews was this year. And I think he had a really solid United States championship brain, but obviously they're, they're doing bigger and better things with Lashley here. Obviously they gave him the United States championship. Uh, I think he's going to get a nice run with the U S title for the next couple of weeks, maybe the next couple of months. So I agree with you here. I think, uh, I think Cruz is going to lose. I think he's going to go back to the mid card a little bit, maybe work some tag matches, maybe work another feud uh, with a mid card heel. And I think Lashley is going to move on and have a nice reign with the U.S. title. Next up, we have the Raw Tag Team Women's Championship match. The Riot Squad, which I don't think should be back together at all, are taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I don't like Nia and Shayna together either, but it's I weird. they're going to continue. They're going to continue to be together and hopefully. They split and they have a match because we want to see the two of them fight each other. Yes, that's ultimately what's going to happen here. Uh, very odd considering that I thought they were going to re- put the the War of the Riot squad together in order to beat Sasha and Bailey, and now Nia Jax and Shane are the tag champions. And again, it's just really weird. It, it's weird. A lot of people realize what it is, and obviously the direction that they're going to go in is that eventually that they're going to they're going to be a bunch of hotheads, and obviously they're going to turn on each other, and then they're going to fight again. So uh, for now, we're just going to kind of see how long this goes. Uh, so until then, I guess we have to pick them in every match, right? So uh, I pick Nia and Shayna to retain here. But I don't I don't think their, their reign is going to be that long. I think it's going to be another month or two at best maybe. I think it's just kind of like uh, kind of like well, a little transitional. We know, the, we know the Iconics won't be beating them because they're no longer no. And they are about to push Peyton Royce, whether that be on Raw or whether she goes to SmackDown. On X-10, X-Champ. Hmm. Not a bad idea. No. Every, the only thing that matters on Raw right now is everyone wants to know, when is Mandy going to debut? Because they, they made the big trade for, I guess, a player to be named later. Was a player to be named later. And Mandy doesn't even debut. We have no idea what's going on. Maybe Otis gets drafted this to Raw. If there's going to be a draft in the fall, who knows. But, um... Hopefully she's just inserted somehow into the title picture, but I don't know because I think I guess Ask is the face right now. So um, 
I don't really, I don't know how that's going to play out. Maybe Mandy finally wins the Money in the Bank contract next year or something like that. Uh, so we'll keep, we'll, we'll have to just keep an eye on that because that's an interesting storyline. They are playing their, playing those vignettes that she's coming, and you got the mysterious SmackDown woman coming back as well. Who we, was Carmella? You know, Carmella. Carmella <laughs> used to be Money, but I don't think anymore. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Carmella does there. A lot of times they play these vignette packages when they have no idea what to do with the person. They just, all right, go ahead and do that. Like the Liv Morgan thing. Or Emmalina. Remember that? Um, Emmalina. A lot of potential there. It didn't work out. Emma, back in TNA. Good for her. Uh, She used to date Zack Ryder, who is now Matt Cardona. And I don't know, Joe. It seems like AEW is not doing a good job of capitalizing on Matt Cardona's fame. I mean, he's got one of the highest followers. He had one of the highest followers in social media in all of WWE. And he came out, he like helped Cody once, and then that was that was all we saw from him. What do you think's up with that? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's a it's a big issue because a lot of what AEW is right now, like those champions, right? Moxley, former WWE guy, Brody Lee, who I'm really not as big on him as a lot of people are. Uh I mean, obviously he is what he is. He's a TNT champ, uh former WWE guy, the for the revival, FTR. WWE Oof. guys, right. You know, so all those champions right now, we're all former WWE guys, and then Rusev went over, and now they're con- he's going to be the best man. They're going to get a form- they should have They should have signed Emma and let her be the champ. So they're going to be all former WWE people. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you need to The women's division, stop the women's division in AEW is very weak. I don't, they're just not doing a good job over there. No, it is, it is very weak. I think all three brands on in WWE have much stronger women's divisions than AEW does. I think AEW is very much lagging. And the truth of the matter is that they need they need some type of big signing in order to put them over the top. So. Brock Lesnar? <laughs> John Cena? Uh, they need somebody with star power comparable to those those I two got guys. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. There you go. Hulk That'll work. Alright. Next match here. It is the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't see Sasha getting involved in this match. So I think Bailey will retain. She is the betting favorite right now at minus four hundred. It would have been nice to see Nikki Cross get a title but um hasn't happened over the past few months had a few chances I think what you have to keep in mind on in this match is does Nikki Cross get distracted by Alexa Bliss, who is turning red like Sister Abigail again? Right. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think Alexa will probably be at ringside during the match, and I think there's going to end up being something that happens that ultimately costs Nikki Cross the match, and then I think you're going to see Alexa Bliss uh, start feuding with Nikki Cross in the coming months as that storyline with the Fiend continues to develop. So yeah, we both agree here. Uh, Bailey's going to get the win. Uh, I think it was really interesting that they basically decided to split Sasha and Bailey up here instead of kind of waiting a little while longer because they were very entertaining. You know, throughout the entire summer, I thought that. They were going to get tiring real quick, but they actually ended up not being. They were actually really super entertaining, and I thought that they would carry that momentum through for at least another couple months, at least until the Survivor Series, I think. I think Survivor Series would have been a great time to have them break up, but now they're probably going to have a match together at Survivor Series. Right. Uh, yeah, or, or 
sometime like that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, obviously, their big one-on-one match, I think, is coming much sooner than people think, unless they really hold out and have Sasha win the Rumble. But uh, that's going to be 50-50. But, yeah, so we both like Bailey here. And I think soon, sooner rather than later, Charlotte's coming back. So whether right. she's going to be on Raw or SmackDown, she's going to be in the title picture, I think. So that's something to keep in mind there. Maybe they want to do uh, Charlotte versus Sasha again. I mean, that was an awesome feud. I WrestleMania. One of the best That's feuds of all time. That's a very distinct possibility. Yeah. And, you know, Becky Lynch, maybe she comes back for SummerSlam 2021, and they could do four horsewomen taking on each other. That's the match we need to see, Joe. Yeah, they didn't give us. But I don't, I, don't know if, the... I don't know if Becky's going to come back. I don't know. I, I, I've said this when, when she made that announcement. <laughs> She's at that stage of her life. She's, I believe she's 33. She turned 33 this year, right? So when you devote, when you start to devote your time like Maurice did for having children, your window to, to work stuff with the company, it gets significantly smaller. And this is going to be one of those cases. Are, do you get, are you going to see them moving? Uh, are they going to stay in like the Orlando area, you know, into two, the the beginning of 2021? If that if that's what happens, then uh, will they have shows in January, February, March? There, they're going to start doing arena shows again, uh, and then those are questions you have to start asking yourself. And and again, August 2021, I think is the right spot. I think she's due to have the child in December, so you figure it's going to take upwards of a year after that before we maybe even see her in the ring again. And then even then, you know, she's going to be 34. Uh, I think Maurice came back, what was she, 35 or 36 when she made her? Right, her but she came fair or tag team match. And, right, know, and, she Miz, wasn't really, and she wasn't really. did most of the work. Right, and she wasn't really working matches. Like, she wasn't, like, women's champion right. or on either show or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible that you have seen the last of Becky Lynch as a full-time performer. You know, we haven't seen the last of. Ronda Rousey, and I think whatever the first WrestleMania is with fans, she'll be the top of the card. Whether it, hopefully it's at SoFi Stadium next year, but I have my doubts. Hopefully we could go. Uh, yeah, I mean in the zone if they want if if they want to send us out there, we could do some Radio Row hits, no problem. Yeah, absolutely, we'll do Radio Row. WrestleMania really should have Radio Row. I don't understand why we don't have a Radio Row for WrestleMania yet. I don't know. We could ask Mike Francesa. I mean, he created it for NFL Super Bowl. Maybe he could redo it for, for WWE. After all, he was good friends with the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He was. Uh, all right. Universal Championship match. This is like, I mean, you got great odds and gods here if you're going to bet NJU, so plus 800, but you'd be losing your money no matter what. Roman Reigns is minus 2,500 favorite. <laughs> you got to bet a lot on Reigns to win a lot, but at least it's a lot. You know, you never you, you usually have a lock like this in wrestling, right. but this is yep. uh, you know no doubt about it. Roman Reigns is going to win this match. the The question now is, will Roman Reigns end up destroying or attacking or doing something extra with Jay following the match or, or during the match? Uh, we've seen some facial expressions. From Reigns over the past couple of weeks, and he doesn't really seem too thrilled. Like, kind of seems like he thinks Jay Uso is a, is a nuisance to him and, and what he wants to do and, and how he wants to lead SmackDown. So, I think this is a really fresh matchup. I think it's a really fresh storyline. 
And when I when Reigns came back, I always had it in like it, I always had this vision that the crowd would take to him a little more better when he came back because we haven't seen him and he's been away. You know, he, he they had to relinquish the title. Then he went away, right? Then he came back. He wasn't even back a whole year, and he had to go back away again, right? right. So, I mean, even even Jey Uso's son is picking Roman Reigns to win the match. It's <laughs> so. Yeah, so when I when he came back, I always thought he would link up with the Usos and they would do a really nice big face thing together. But it seems like that's not the case. It seems like Reigns, heel Roman Reigns is here to stay. He's here to be stay with Paul Heyman, and he's here to 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 go on the the run that we always knew he was capable of going on. Is it bad that I still know who is Jimmy and who's Jay if you put them next to each other? I have no idea. Uh, I used to be I, like you. I think uh, Jimmy's. I think Jimmy's the one married to Naomi, so I think this is Jay. This is right. this is different. That's the only. That's the only way you can really be able to to separate them. I think that's correct. Uh, unbelievable. All right, so we both got the big dog there. It's his yard. Uh, at least for a long time, anyway, and then we'll see what happens later on. I think he's going to hold it at least at least until April. I mean, there's no no way he's going to drop the belt anytime soon. All right, WWE Championship match right now. We've got a dead dead even here on the odds for Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Ambulance match, and I think they're gonna oh, they want to make it an ambulance match so that McIntyre doesn't get pinned. But Randy Orton is going to win this match. I I was going back and forth. I really don't know because I think whoever wins this match kind of telegraphs what their their plans are for the like the draft and stuff. Uh, but what I will say is that I, I think McIntyre has basically gone through every other comparable guy who we've seen go next to him, like, toe-to-toe with him on Monday Night Raw. Like, he's beaten everybody at least once, right? So that works in favor, I think, for him losing the the championship here. And possibly, like I said, he's a very – he's a candidate, I think, to move over to SmackDown. So we have to see how, like, a, a hypothetical draft would play out. With that said – uh, I think this match really is a toss-up 50-50. It depends on what kind of direction that they want to go in. Uh, I'm going to reluctantly pick Orton like you two. Uh, I think that Orton uh, has had a solid heel run for all of 2020. Uh, I don't understand why they made this match again. I think if they decided to make the match again, then it makes sense to have Randy win. So Randy will be my pick. Ambulance match kind of gives me the feeling that they're going to do something during the match. Maybe they do something with Keith Lee, and they have Lee cost McIntyre the title, which would be super interesting. Uh, kind of an odd direction, considering that a, Keith Lee was the the biggest you know babyface down in NXT, but it's certainly possible. Or maybe somebody else comes in and helps you retain and, and starts a feud with Randy. Certainly possible. Yeah, Keith Lee. Keith Lee with the feud with Randy. Certainly possible. It's right now. It's those three guys on top of Raw. And if and if your your plan is to ultimately make Keith Lee a world champion quickly, then I think it makes a little more sense to have him beat uh, Randy Orton, who's the more traditional old school heel. 
Uh, and obviously these these fans who are doing the Thunderdome are probably just more regular, traditional, old school fans, you know, throughout the country. So I think the reaction for somebody like Keith Lee beating Randy Orton, who's a traditional, you know, a traditional face and heel matchup makes more sense than doing like Keith Lee and like McIntyre, who are like the two faces who are like the buddies. But are they really buddies because they're always fighting with each other? You know, to me, that 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 always doesn't really make the most sense because then you're forcing the crowd to choose somebody when they don't want to choose between the two guys. So uh, I think Keith Lee versus Randy Orton as a potential Survivor Series match makes a lot of sense. Right, and one so more, one more match Randy here. Orton. Hopefully it happens at WrestleMania. That is LeBron James versus Colby Covington. Who you got? Colby. <laughs> uh, that's if they get into the octagon. Uh, I'm sure LeBron's got some some of his uh, close inner circle guys who, uh, should he ever want to fight Kobe, would train him real well. But that's a, that's a huge WrestleMania match, just like uh, Brock, just like Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier or Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, two huge matchups for WWE to think about. Yeah, the biggest match WWE could possibly do in the next two years is Brock Lesnar versus Tyson Fury. Certainly possible. Fury, of course, is going to be taking on Wilder in their third match. And he's got two mat- two boxing matches against Anthony Joshua. So we'll see. You know, I'm interested to see how that I plays thought, out. I thought Fury had a really solid appearance in that match with Braun. Obviously, Definitely. it wasn't really anything much. But uh, anytime, those, anytime those athletes come in and they're just engaged with what WWE is doing... Like, Fury was solid. Uh, Pat McAfee actually had a really standout in-ring performance when he had that match with Adam Cole, and everybody was praising it. So, again, I like when athletes come in, they take it seriously. Just don't come in and look for, like, a quick money grab and say, like, oh, I, you know, I've been a fan my whole life, and then you can't really do anything, you know, on, on screen, and you're boring, and you're you're not entertaining. You know, get that out of me, you know? That's kind of what I think Gronk was. I think Gronk, everybody thought he was like a great personality, and I thought he would work in WWE, and he just, you know, well, he didn't want to put the effort in. He, so he would have worked. Work he, needed, he needed an audience, okay? Right, so I think true. I think, you know, him winning the 24-7 championship at WrestleMania would have got a nice reaction, but obviously... Yeah, you're right. There, no, so. live, live crowds do make a difference there. You're, you're definitely right. You know I'm right. You know you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Non wrestling here, but Sandy Alderson is going to be in charge of the Mets once Steve Cohen becomes owner. Joe, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I didn't like Alderson's attitude. I didn't like that he he refused to make any trades. Really, uh, I didn't like the the guys that he signed from a talent evaluation standpoint. I just hope Omar Minaya stays this organization because he makes a tremendous difference as a scout. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I can't see. Or I haven't seen any reports that are leading to maybe Manaya not being in the organization. I just I think that uh, Cohen must have looked at Sandy's overall body of work and said, "Okay, here are some things I like that you did here, some things that I didn't like what you did. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna bring you back in. We're gonna you're gonna help oversee everything, but you're not going to be as much in charge with with day to day decisions and obviously signings and trades that that." That kind of stuff will come more directly from the GM, but I think as a what in in that role that they're looking to have him in, I think he's fine because again, he's not really going to be the guy signing off and being the the lead. You don't think so? I think it's going to all go go back to him. I don't know. I really i 
I think the the intention is to have Sandy overseeing the operation, kind of like John Rico, maybe Paul Vitesse coming back from the Browns. He's going to be a baseball czar. Yeah, he's going to be the baseball czar for the Mets. I'm just going to put it out there now. If Steve Cohen's listening, I will take the job of GM. I'll report to Sandy Alderson. No problem with that. (laughs) Give me the checkbook. Um, We're going to rely heavily on Omar Minaya. And we're going to win the championship. No doubt about it. But, you know, I I, I would have loved to have seen announce Alex Rodriguez as president. Wouldn't that that have been something? Yeah, I think Alderson's going to oversee everything. I think Brody's eventually going to get fired and they're going to replace him. And then that guy's going to be, and it's going to be you. And you're going to, you're going to end up going there. You're going to, you're going to spend the money. Uh, you're going to say, listen, Trevor Bauer, we can't have you beating Jacob DeGrom in the Cy Young voting race ever, uh, ever again. So we're going to throw money at you. You're going to come, you're going to come be a Met. And so what do you think? Maybe I should, maybe happen. I'll replace Rojas as well. I'll be a player manager like Dan Jennings was a few years ago. I mean, a, a manager GM like he was with the Marlins. Because uh, I, I, anyway, because Sandy Olson's going to set the lineup anyway. So it doesn't really, you know, what's the point, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for our, uh, a gold rush filled uh, Clash episode. of Champions episode clash of champions the gold rush and then talking some steve cohen money there of you know i'm right and this is the other the other news really joe is just that michael conforto he's out for the year he's on the entry list i don't know what the heck the mets are doing but yeah bauer looks like he's gonna win the cy young yankees they lose the division uh the rays win their first division title gotta watch out for those buffalo blue jays but i do think it's the rays year and when we talk at baseball, of course, next week we got the we'll be back. We got the wild card games kicking off, Joe. So everybody needs to keep it locked right here with you know I'm right. And we'll be filling you in on everything you need to know and maybe making you some money with, with the betting odds, right, Joe? That's right. With our partners at uh, with our partners at American Betting Experts. Uh yeah, so that's gonna be we're gonna have uh we have Jason again real soon to to do the show. He was great. And then uh yeah, I think have if, our, anybody, our... if anybody wants to, uh, you know, place a bet, just head over to nj.pointsbet.com, sign up, enter the promo code, and no spaces, all one word, and caps, free cash. So that's free cash at nj.pointsbets.com. For Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 